I, uh, I appreciate opportunity to come up and speak when God gives it to me. I love nothing more to, to, than to take opportunity to brag on Jesus a little bit because he, uh, he's everything. To me, he's everything. He's my heavenly father. He's my joint heir. He, uh, he's the very reason why I'm standing here. I, I can't do anything without Jesus Christ. If you have your Bibles today, <clears throat> which I pray you do, tonight we're going to look at Matthew uh, chapter 4 and a couple other verses. But when Pastor called me this afternoon, I need to apologize, Pastor. My phone was turned off so it wouldn't disturb people in the morning service. And we were out to lunch with the Baldridges, and uh, I forgot to turn it back up, so... <laughs> it, it, if I turn it back up, then I, I forget to turn it off at, in the evening service, and that's an embarrassment when it goes off, but it's okay, it's all good. But when Pastor called this afternoon, <clears throat> he asked, well, do you have enough time to prepare? And one of the things that I, I've been learning over the past year or so is to be ready in season and out of season. And um, I asked, I prayed, prayed for a couple of minutes before I got into God's word. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to speak on? And he goes, he laid it on my heart. Finish the devotion that you started this morning. Instead of making it a two-weeker, let's finish it tonight. So this morning, if you were here during devotion, you know we read from Ephesians chapter 6 talking about <clears throat> primarily the sword of the Spirit and how Jesus gives us everything we need right here. This is our weapon. This is how we stand against Satan. This is how we stand against this world. If someone comes up to you working with the school district, it's I really have a hard time because I want to tell everybody about Jesus. But I cannot just come out and talk about Jesus. Someone has to open the door. And I praise God that when these kids open that door, I praise God because he's always given me the words to say. He's always given me the verses that I've hidden here to bring up and deal with the situation no matter what it is. So God gives us a sword, but you've got to understand this is a special sword. It's not like any other sword. I've got katanas. I've got wakasashis. I've got sword after sword. Um, in the military, we're taught to handle different kinds of weapons. I built bombs for a living and disarmed them in the military. That was my job, was EOD, to tear weapons apart. Okay? So with that being said, that, I'm not boasting about that. As a matter of fact, I don't like the destruction that weapons do. But understand, this weapon is not a weapon of mass destruction unless it's placed in the wrong hands. And that's what I say by the wrong hands. That's to a man or a person, <clears throat> this is, if someone comes up to speak the word of God, and they're not standing on this word, and they're not preaching this word, they twist it, this becomes a weapon of mass destruction. And that's not what I believe God would have us do. This is a weapon. Uh, 
David Jeremiah calls it an arsenal of weapons. That's not what my Bible says. My Bible says it's the sword of the, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. This is the sword. But what's nice about it is it's got little daggers in there to deal with this. And that's what we're going to find out about tonight. So, before we get to Matthew, turn over if you will. Just real quick, hold your place there in Matthew, but go over to 1 John. 1 John, chapter 2, and verse 16. For all that is in the world, and this is what I want you to, this is what we need to understand before we go to Matthew 4. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father but is of the world. You see, all this sin that's out here, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the, the LGBTQ, ABCD, whatever you want to call it, that movement is of this world. Abortion is of this world. And there's one person here that's directing that, and that's Satan. And he's getting people with the same lie that he told Eve back in the garden. We're going to see that here in just a moment. In Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse number 1. Most of you know this story. If you've been, been in church or reading your Bible for very long, Matthew chapter 4 talks about the temptation of Jesus Christ. So let's, let's read this. We'll say a prayer and then a couple of quick thoughts. Then was Jesus... Yes, please stand. <clears throat> Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted for 40, fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone." Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you right now and ask you to still my heart. Father, I ask that you put your words into my mouth, Father, that it be your truths that we hear tonight. 
Father, I ask that you forgive me anywhere where I failed you today. And Lord, I ask that, Lord, you give me the power and authority from your, your heaven and from your kingdom to preach your word. Father, I ask right now, if anyone doesn't know you, or for whatever reason, when the invitation is given, Lord, I pray that you give them liberty to move. And Father, I just ask that you help us to wield your word in an accurate and precise manner. Father, we love you. I pray that I decrease and that you increase. Lord, it's in the name of Jesus that I pray and for, in Christ, for Christ's sake that I do pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> so what we have here, we have the temptation of Christ, but I want you to understand something. And this is something that I found in reading this. The tactics that Satan used, that the enemy used here, is no different than what he used on Eve in the garden. You see, he attacked Eve much the same way with her physical needs, her appetite, talking about the, the trees in the garden. You know, if we go to chapter 3 of Genesis, <laughs> excuse me. If you go to chapter 3 of Genesis, in verse number 1, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden... God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, it's interesting to note this, because what's the first temptation that Satan did for Jesus? Attacked his physical needs. He hungered. He was hungered. Understand, well, if you look at it, let's compare it to Moses as well. Moses, when he went and left Egypt, how long was he out in the desert, in the wilderness before God called him? Some believe it was 40 days, 40 nights. Or when the children of Israel went out, I'm sorry, I've gotten behind myself. When the children of Israel went out and they're there at Mount Sinai and Moses is up there with God. He's up there 40 days and 40 nights. He's fasting. He's up there, number one, he's trusting God to give him everything he needs. That's what we need to do. So before we can wield his sword right, we have to trust God. We've got to put him first and know, not just lip service, but we have to know that God is going to take care of us. It doesn't matter. Pastor, when he gets on that plane tomorrow morning, when him and Sister Lori get on that plane... They're putting their trust in two men in that cockpit. They're trusting them to taxi that that plane out, to give it enough gas to get it to the end of the runway, and pull up at just the right time. And then to get it there and bring it back down safely. But understand, they're not putting their trust in those two men. They're putting their trust in God to keep that plane in the air. You see, it, it doesn't, there can be any kind of malfunction 
But they have no doubt God's got a purpose. They are on their way to visit (coughs) the ABA and go out to the meeting and find out what's happening in the next year. And that's, that's an awesome thing to think about. When we, when we trust God, has he ever let us down? I don't care how backslid you can get. If you're truly a child of God, he's going to take care of you. Now, don't, don't mince my words. I'm not saying go out and sin and do everything you want. I'm telling you put God first. That means do what God wants you to do. Live your life according to the will of God, and everything else will be added to it. You don't have to worry for a thing. Now, does that mean you're going to have a bed of roses every day, Pastor? Absolutely not. That means you're still going to have trials and tribulations. As a matter of fact, if you want the, the faith of Gideon, you want the faith of Job, of Abraham, of Moses... This is how you get it, is through those trials and tribulations. We have to exercise it. And that's what God's doing when he allows these things to come upon us. So, in verse number 3, And when the tempter came to him, of Matthew chapter 4, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made of bread. A couple of weeks ago, the devotion was, God shall not be mocked. How many people stand before God saying, okay, God, I've prayed. Why don't I have what I asked for? I asked for a Lamborghini. Mm -hmm. Why do you want that Lamborghini? You see, the Bible says you have not because you pray amiss. Are you praying wrong? Are you taking his word? God says he'll give you the desires of your heart. But is that truly a desire of your heart? Will it glorify God? Because if you're a child of God and you've got Jesus in your heart, you're going to want to glorify God. You're going to want that to show God. Is that Lamborghini Lamborghini going to show God? Or is it something that you can take to your friends and say, hey, look what I got. Yeah, I'd put nothing down. I'm going to be in hock for the rest of my life. (coughs) I'm going to be in hock paying this $100,000, $200,000 car off. But man, I'm going to be traveling in style, aren't I? Mm -hmm. What about all those tickets you're going to pay? What about when it's time for this, you get in a wreck, And maybe you hit that 18-wheeler and one of those 18 wheels is sitting on top of you and that truck's crushing your your head in because there's no support in that car. What are you going to say? Well, it's God's fault. He gave it to me. No, you prayed for it. God gave you what you wanted. But understand, that may not be God giving it to you. You see, Satan has also been, can be called a, an angel of light. He's been called it. He came from heaven. He was thrown out of heaven because of pride. Because he thought he was better than God. And what's he trying to get us to do? You know what? You can have anything God wants. You can have anything God has. You can be better than God. 
You know what? If you just, you just listen to this guy, Joseph Smith, here, when you die, you, if you do everything right, you can become a god of your own universe. That's not what the Bible says. That might be what the Book of Mormon says. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Make your, let your prayers be known. Pray out loud. Go to your closet. And let Satan hear your prayers. And then trust God to answer those prayers, provided they're according to God's will. I truly believe God puts the desires in our hearts. I don't think it comes from us. If you're truly given over to God, those desires are going to be from God. So let's, let's see what Jesus' answer was. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out in the mouth of God. Jesus here is quoting scripture. He's quoting Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3. Now, we go back there. Deuteronomy 8, verse number 3 says, And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna. He's talking about the children of Israel. God's reminding him this. This is what Jesus is reminding Satan of. God takes care of us. He took care of the children of Israel. As every step of the way, you've read the story, you know the story. The children of Israel, all they did was complain. God still took care of them. He provided manna every day. That's, this is what this is saying. Which thou knewest not, neither did thy father know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, or only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. So with that being said, we see Jesus is using the Bible as his weapon against Satan's temptation. Now, it, you might be saying in your head, well, Brother Bill, why are you bringing this to us? Because I, I, I think God wants us to see, and the reason why it's in here is he wants us to see that on this world is Jesus Christ. He was put through every temptation that we go through. And he overcame it. The problem is why we see a conflict here is because we're in the flesh. We still have our sin nature. That won't leave us until the day that we're raptured off of this, this ball called earth and we're in heaven. Then, when we get our new bodies, it'll be glorified. It'll be perfect. It'll be the way God meant it to be. And I can't wait for that day. Let's continue on. Then the devil taketh them up, verse 5, up into the holy city and setteth them on a pinnacle of the temple. Now understand, this pinnacle was about 450 feet to the bottom. And I heard a story, it was uh, Robert Jeffers, he uh, told the story of a man who actually did dive off of that pinnacle, or David Jeremiah, excuse me. He dove off that pinnacle. He had a great dive is what he said, but the landing messed him up. 
he didn't do good. He did, it wasn't a 9.0, 9.0, 9.0. It was probably a 0.0.0.0.0. Pastor, he got messed up. <laughs> I don't want to jump off that pinnacle. But even still, and, and verse number 6, And saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. You see, here's one thing you need to realize about Satan. He knows this word. He knows the word of God, folks. And he knows it probably better than most of us. But I want you to see something. You see, Satan's quoting Psalm 91, verses 11 and 12. And we're going to look at that here in a few moments. So we'll turn to that here towards the end. Because I want to, see, I want to show you what it really says. But what Satan is doing is he's twisting the words. Kind of sounds like different versions of the Bible. He's twisting those words. Changing like John 3.16. And the New King James says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. I have issue with that. They took the word begotten now. That word begotten changed the text of that whole verse. You see, the Bible says that when we accepted God, when we accepted Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, that gave us power to become the sons of God. So that means God has more sons. He's got more children. But that word begotten, that's the biological tie to God. That's the biological deity. That's, that's his DNA to deity. God knew what he was doing when he sent Jesus in the manger. Understand, that was God incarnate. That was God that laid in that manger. That was God who stood in the temple teaching the Pharisees and the scribes. And that was God who hung on that cross that day. He paid our sin price. He paid everything that we needed. God had a plan. God's plan is going to work out. It don't matter. It don't matter what you try and do. God's, God's will is going to work out. You worried about what's going on in this country? I don't like it. I don't stand by it. But understand, God knows exactly what's going on. God knows what's going to happen with the Roe v. Wade issue. God knows what's going to happen with the homosexual issue and the transgender issue and the financial issues of the United States of America. And guess what? God's plan is still going to work out because he ultimately is the one who's going to win. If you don't believe me, go to the end of the book. It says it. And I trust this book. Verse 7, Jesus answered him. So understand, our, 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 our enemy knows this word. But I think Jesus, the author of it, knows it just a bit better. Look at verse 7. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Just a few moments ago I said, God is not to be mocked. Well, that means don't tempt him either. I would say that standing there after building a ship that was, that was touted as being unsinkable, 
And the builder of it said, not even God can sink it. What happened to Titanic? Sank on its very first voyage. And it was taken down by a piece of ice. Wow. You want to tempt God? Please let me leave the building before you do. Because I don't want to be there when that lightning bolt hits. And I'm sorry, if that, if, that, if, if that seems like I'm making light of it, I'm not. The power of God is mighty. If, if he decides that I'm to drop dead right now, stop my breathing, I can't stop it, folks. <laughs> I'm not promised my next breath. Neither are you. He lets us live by his grace. We are saved by grace. <laughs> we are saved by, the, by his grace through faith. We have faith. Jesus had no doubt, but well, we'll get to that here in a minute. Verse 8, again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. I have to imagine, I can only imagine what Jesus was thinking when, when Satan said this. You see, this world is God's. He made it. He created it. He knows every nook and cranny of this world. But, understand, he's allowing Satan to rule in this world right now. And once the church is taken out of this world, it's getting even worse. If you think it's bad now, you don't want to be here when the church is taken out. Because all kinds of evil is going to be unleashed on this world. And it's an evil that I really don't want to witness. You know, if anything scares me about anything, it's seeing, it's knowing that there are people that are choosing to go through that. They think it's going to be a party. It's not going to be a party. It's not going to be a rock concert. It's not going to be a, a, a jubilee. It's going to be a time of torment. It's going to be a time of testing and judgment. You want to you wanna know why America is going through what it's going through right now? It's real simple. We've taken God out of the equation. It started by taking prayer out of the schools. Look. Our schools, you want to know why we got kids shooting kids every day in our schools? We've taken God out. We've taken the Bible out. They want to take them out of the pledge. As a matter of fact, when you get the new 2022 quarters, look at them. And look at them close, folks. On the quarters preceding them, George Washington is facing the words, in God we trust. On the 2022 quarters, 
They've turned him around to where his back is facing in God we trust. Folks, our country has turned its back on its creator. Our liberties are given to us by God himself. That act on that cross that day gave us our liberties. We have our our sisters and brothers fight and die to preserve those liberties that God gave us. You have liberty because God allows us to continue. This nation's still a nation because God has allowed it to be a nation. But don't get it wrong. I believe our country is under judgment. And if if he's just started the judgment, (laughs) we got a lot worse coming down the pike, folks. This is why 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If those who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, then will I hear from heaven. Then will I heal your land. But it's not until we as a nation, we as a church body, we as an individual child of God get on our knees before God, quit thinking that we can do it all, And give it back to God. Because without that, folks, we're we're not going to be that great nation. We used to be a godly nation. We're not anymore. Our preachers in this nation, our preachers in this country are scared to offend people. Someone has to preach the truth. Someone has to get out there and share it and say, look, you're wrong. It's wrong for your son to want to go to school as a girl. It's wrong for your daughter to dress as a boy. God made them in his image. God made them perfectly. God doesn't make mistakes, folks. We made the mistake. We failed our kids. Maybe not personally. Your family may be, be doing okay. Your kids, I, I praise God that my sons have listened. I praise God. But I got grandkids. I've got a granddaughter that's confused. And sad reality is, I'm wrong if I say something to her. But it doesn't stop me. Tell me I'm wrong. That's okay. Because you're going to answer to God for it as her parent. But i got to stand before God and I've got to give an accounting knowing that I'm telling her she's a girl. She will always be a girl. I don't care. You go to whoever doctor you want. Get your sex changed. Excuse, that, excuse my word, ladies and gentlemen. But you get that change. When it's time to meet God... You're going to become a woman again, or a man, if you change from a man to a woman. You're going to be put back to your original way, and then you're going to have to give an accounting for it. Why did you tell God he was wrong? The new movie that's out, Lightyear, by Disney, about Buzz Lightyear, it's got a lesbian scene in it. Folks, don't take your kids. 
Don't take your kids because it's wrong. Here, and here, this is just a billology. This is my opinion. But I stand based on the word of God, and that's where my opinion comes from. If I go and watch that movie and I take my granddaughters and my grandkids to see that movie, that means I'm in agreement with it. I stand against it. I don't believe in transgenderism. I don't believe in same-sex marriage. And I don't believe in abortion. I've got, a, I've got a son in heaven right now that was aborted because I was sinful in, at 17 years of, years of age. And if you don't think that it's murder, if you think it's not murder... The words echo in my mind from the father of the girl that I got pregnant. Look at it this way, Bill. I killed your son. An Inglewood cop said these words to me. All because he was angry at me. That's murder, folks. That's murder. God says it. I believe it. That settles it. Now let's go on. So Satan can't give him the kingdoms of the world. But look at what Jesus said again. He's quoting Deuteronomy 6 verse 13. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. You want to serve another master, you're not going to end up in a good place. I'm not going to candy coat it. You're going to end up in a place called hell. And if there's some that believe, well, that fire's just, it's a symbol. No, it's not a symbol, folks. It's a real fire. And it's a fire that's not going to be quenched. And those bugs, those <coughs> worms and maggots that are spoke about in the verses, those are real. They're eating you as you're sitting there burning. That's the second death. Eternal separation from God. Darkness. And a fire that can't be quenched. Brother Bob... You've fought fire after fire, and you've had some pretty hot fires. But Brother Bob couldn't even put this one out. It's beyond him. Folks, we're in a spiritual warfare. As soldiers of God, as warriors for Christ, we have to wield his weapon. And his weapon is the word of God told you a few moments ago we were going to visit Psalm 91. So if you would, turn over to Psalm 91. Verse 11 in this passage says, The devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Psalm 91. Verse 11 and 12. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all ways, all thy ways, excuse me. 
They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest they dash thy foot against a stone. You see, Satan, he quoted it, but he twisted it. He twisted the context. Oh, if you're the Son of God, God will send the angels and they'll come and get you. No, nah, you don't. At the end, it says that the angels came and ministered unto him. After 40 days of not eating, of no food, no sustenance, I imagine Jesus was weak. If you've ever gone without food for a few days, you know that your legs get weak and you can barely stand. It's because the body needs protein. It needs carbs. It needs fat to, to, to work, to survive. Jesus now is coming down ready to start his ministry, but he can't come down weak. In his physical state, he cannot come weakened. I believe God sent the angels to minister unto him, to serve him. The word minister means to serve. We're all, when we accept Jesus Christ, we all become ministers. We're to serve. We're not to sit on, our, on our, our duffs in a pew and let someone else go do it. We're supposed to. Well, Brother Bill, you know, I work a lot. Yep. Serving God can be met with sacrifice. But think about it. How much sacrifice did Jesus do for us? He gave his life on that cross. He might be asking you to spend 15 minutes witnessing to somebody. He might be telling you, you know what? I need you to get up on Sundays and I need you to be at the 945 Sunday school time. Or I need you to be here Wednesday night. Well, I don't, I don't want to listen to Brother Rich. I like Brother John. You know what? Who are you coming for? Are you coming to hear God? Or are you coming for man? You see, we tend to forget here at Lone Mountain Missionary Baptist Church, this is preached. The truth is preached. Are you wielding his truth correctly? Are you wielding the sword of the Spirit? as it's meant to be wheeled it excuse me you see i hear it all the time we need to stand for truth we need to stand on god's word i hear it all the time i hear it from from people at work that are claiming to be christians but yet they're not willing to stand by it it's okay. You know, it's okay to tell them they can, they can identify as a female today. No, it's wrong. My Bible says if you're a boy, you're a boy. If you're a girl, you're a girl. We're sinners. Uh-oh, I said it. Brother Steve, I said it. I said that dirty three-letter word. Most offensive word now. It's okay to say all these other four-letter words. Words that make sailors blush. 
that you say the word sin. Oh, you're a hater. Pastor, you hate me because you called me a sinner. Guess what? Thank you. I am a sinner. And if you want to call me a hater because I want to preach the truth, thank you. Because I'm going to stand on this word. The Bible says that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Sister Wanda, Brother Roger, you might remember Brother Bob or Pastor Bob challenged the youth one time. And I was a little kid and I heard this one. He told us at one of the graduations for Heritage High School, he said, You guys are going to go out into this world. <laughs> You're going to have rough times. There are going to be times when you think that. You just can't win. But mark my words. You put God before you. You've won. You haven't lost a thing. Stand on the truth. Stand on God's word. And he'll get you through it. Bob Jones said that. Or Pastor Bob said that. And I, those, those, I was six years old when he, he said that. And it's still in the back of my mind today. Because even when I was out of church, backslidden, and thinking that every hypocrite in the world was in God's church, his truth was still with me. Holly and I, when we first got married, we didn't have a penny to our name one, one, one month. I was out of work. She is, just went on maternity leave, I think. No, it was after Will was born, after my oldest son was born. And we didn't have a dime to even get diapers. God didn't let us down. Diapers showed up. We don't know where from. They showed up on our doorstep. To this day, I don't know who put them there. Except God. God saw our needs. And he honored them. Brother Bill, that's nothing. You know what? You're right. Maybe to a lot of people, that's nothing. But to two young parents with a brand new baby, it was the world. Folks, are you going through a tough time today? Put God first. Stand on this word. Hide it in your heart. One verse. Find one verse and memorize it. But make it a verse that maybe it's a weakness that you have in your life that Satan's picking on. If it is... You see, I've said it before, my weakness and sin has been always been women. It's always been pornography in that. And one verse that I've memorized is one that says it all to me. And that is, if you look on that person to lust after them, you've committed adultery.
And I'm going to tell you something. I don't want to commit adultery on my wife. But more importantly, I'm not committing adultery on my Lord. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. It's because of Him I'm saved today. This is Father's Day today. God the Father is always taking care of me. He's always taking care of Holly and my boys. As a matter of fact, he took care of it so much, we didn't have daughters. Because I think God knew I'd be in jail today if I had a daughter. Because I don't like some of what these men, these boys are doing out here. That's judgmental, Bill. No, it's not judgmental, it's truth. Truth is, God's word says what's sin and what's not. That's what I stand on. This is his word. In order to become a swordsman, you've got to learn to wield that sword. Folks, wield this sword with expertise, with precision, but wield it with God's grace.